0: Space anime, how's it going? It's a uh, podcast of the Galactic Heroes. With me is Kuvo and Giap, as as always. Hello, 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 and uh, we watched this was eighteen to twenty two. Correct. A good amount of things extremely start happening, and some finish happening, but I think more start happening. If yeah. I were to like quantify the number of things that have started and stopped happening. I would say more we've started. opened more plot threads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like they've finally gotten comfortable with like where they feel the audience's grasp on the cast should be, and are expanding it a little more rapidly, uh, like comparatively to uh, what we've seen, and like uh, expanding the like scale of everything. And the areas they're going to... Like, they're changing up planets a lot more. They're setting up new... Kind of new, like, scenes, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, every the,
1: episode. That's pretty much how most of the series goes.
0: Once it picks up picks
1: up on things, it's established the setting, it finally finds its legs, and then the the hits stop coming, and they don't stop coming. Oh, God. Something, something.
0: Yeah, it starts... Uh, so much to do, so much to see. But, uh, yeah, there's a... Uh, <laughs> There's a pretty uh, major ramp into almost, like, vignettes-type like episodes, and, like, they all, you know, connect in an overarching way, but it seems like they kind of boil down to one or two major things happen, and then, like, obviously characters are built upon, you know, in a pretty significant way.
2: Yes, they, uh, I mean, these upcoming, the episodes we're about to talk about have a lot of political stuff going on in them, and they've gotten kind of the war stuff out of the way for a while, and now they're going to focus on all the happenings of both the political systems, so. And uh,
0: civil war, you know,
2: the war of the wild. Yeah, you know, <laughs> political systems. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we might as well start out. Episode 18 starts with uh, the narrator telling us that because the new Kaiser is like 12 years old and doesn't know what the fuck's going on, there's uh, kind of two sides now going for power in the Galactic Empire. Uh, one is uh, Reinstein and Lichtenlaed, who is the Secretary of State for the old uh, Kaiser, who is now dead. And on the other side is Brunschweig, which is the Sam Adams dude, and a guy named Littenheim. Littenheim? Littenheim? It was like Littenheim? Yeah, yeah, Littenheim. I think he was mentioned once or twice in one of the previous episodes. I was talking to Brunschweig in like a hallway or something. But um, both those two power groups did are Did that
0: motherfucker f- look like a rat? Because I feel like Littenheim might have been one of the people who just kind of like looked like a rat and act like a rat. Did he have a bowl cut
2: per se? No, he did not have a bowl cut. He had like a uh, like a rat tail thing going
1: on. Well, Lichtenlaw does and he looks very ratty.
2: That's what, okay,
0: that's what I was thinking of. Okay, yes, correct. Sorry. Continue, sir. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So,
2: anyway, those two are vying for power, and all the other nobles are kind of, like, starting to have to, like, they're trying, they don't know which side of the back, because they don't know who's going to win. There's a scene in a spaceship that's landing on a planet someplace of a bunch of nobles uh, talking about who they would rather support. They don't know if Brunschweig actually has, you know, a ton of political power and the pedigree and stuff. But, you know, uh, Reinhardt has the military might and the genius behind that, so they don't know who to put their chips on. Um, we are introduced to uh, Hildegard von Merendorf. Um, oh, who, yeah. Uh, uh, the,
0: the lady who seems like she fucking gets it yeah. like, to a certain extent. Yeah, so, she's got
2: she, she's got a glint of uh, yang. Yeah, so she's listening to these nobles, and there's a flashback to her talking with her dad, and if we remember back to the... Uh, The episode with that Roman, you know, RP party or whatever it was, her father was in that episode as this, like a side character.
1: Yeah, Hedonism bot basically sent him off to like a prison or (laughs) or something like that because he didn't like him. I forgot
2: what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So her father is a noble himself, but he's getting older and on in his years. And the flashback starts with uh, her dad talking about how he wants to kind of remain neutral and all this bullshit but if he's pressed into a side he's thinking about going with Brunschweig because like he's a noble and he kind of gets that but uh Hilda starts making kind of a talk about how history has proven that no governments ever stay in power forever and that he, she thinks that the galactic empire is on the way now that you know Reinhardt has a just cause and pushing all that bullshit aside and that Brunschweig ultimately will probably just betray everyone anyway So um, she talks about this with her father for a while, and her father's like, well, you know, I'm getting old. Uh, You're my only heir, really. So uh, good job taking charge of the family. You can do what you want. Uh, I have full support of whatever you do. So it's in this scene we come to learn that she's kind of savvy about these sorts of things. She has a good head on her shoulders for being able to read people and predict the future.
0: And, like, understand how things are going to play out. Like, can see all the pe- like is a, is a it seems like a big picture sort of person yeah. which Reinhardt sort of is like uh, not quite I think to her level and not quite to Like Yang's level but
2: like he's starting to get there yeah so um we cut to a uh scene of Reinhardt talking with Oberstein about how they're kind of laughing at the fact that all the other nobles don't know who to back well,
1: um, laughing well
2: Snickering, whatever. Overstein really <laughs> Sneering doesn't.
1: Him. Sneering him. Overstein right, is like...
2: grinning, which is about the most you're mm. gonna get a laugh out of him. But um, Reinhardt wants to provoke the nobles into doing something stupid, so they don't have the time to like draw plans and you know think about what the stakes are. Um, they know that Brunswick is going to have some sort of party. A like, quote party at some point in the future, to, but everybody knows it's really him trying to consolidate his power. It's,
0: it's like a rally, right? Like it's like a political rally to try yeah. and assemble a group and be like, okay, obviously toddler toddler king. No, <laughs> like, that's basically the whole meeting. We and do not like, want to yeah. have a boss baby. No, no boss babies. No, not in our not in our space opera. Where earlier there was Greek cosplay. No way. <laughs>
2: So um, after that meeting, Reinhardt meets with Hildegard. Um, again, we see in the talk that she has with him that she's uh, politically savvy. Uh, she talks him pretty frankly about the upcoming. She knows there's going to be a Civil War upcoming. She thinks he's going to win and kind of flatters him a bit. Um, this wins Reinhardt over into her cause, really. And uh, she pledges the loyalty and her political influence that she has in exchange for him guaranteeing that her family gets to keep control of its estates and all that stuff. hmm Um, he uh he seems kind of uh impressed by her, which is uh interesting because Reinhardt's not easily impressed that and she comes out of that meeting feeling that she has accomplished her goals of trying to you know keep a future for her family.
0: Yeah, like she seems very frank about everything, very upfront, and very willing to just say exactly what she's thinking, and um. You know, it seems pretty easy to read on that front, but it also means, yeah, when she just, I think she just straight up at one point says to Reinhardt, she's like, yeah, there's going to be a civil war. You're going to win it. Cool. So like, want me to have your back? And she's just, you know, it says exactly what she means in a way that Reinhardt can actually appreciate, especially when he's got fucking Machiavelli and Garfield (laughs) as the fucking devil over
2: his shoulder all the time. (laughs) I think Machiavelli Garfield says what he means all the time, too. I mean, yeah. pretty straight up. Is like we need to kill these guys
0: that's yeah you know what good point <laughs> good point he's not really much of a plotter in yeah. general like that's true when he he does pretty pretty plainly put it on the table when he's just like yo maybe you're being a little uh, too nice to kirky ice you think about that and he's just like
2: man <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time I'll, you're right respectable yeah so we uh there's another scene after this of uh, Reinh- Reinhardt and his admirals learning that uh, Brunschweig has gone through with his uh, party rally thing and has made a pact with uh, Littenheim and like a thousand, three thousand or something other nobles. Um, that They are kind of predicted that that would happen, but they are somewhat shocked that uh, Admiral Murkatz has taken side with Brunschweig. Murkatz mm. being a very popular and experienced commander. Um,
0: yeah, basically they managed to find... Like an actual military mind to back their operation because that was the thing is like, you know, Reinhardt especially probably assumed, oh, all these nobles who I hate and are stupid and I despise them are have a bunch of ships. Who gives a shit? You know, like, what are they going to do? Fly them into my guns? Like, yeah. I don't care. One of the, uh, but then he's like, oh no, they actually have, like, a military veteran who's managed to live all of this time in ultra murder war. So, yeah.
2: One of uh, Reinhardt's admirals was talking about how, like, they had more ships and power than Reinhardt does, but, like, they didn't, they were expecting him not to have any leadership for it, and they weren't really concerned until Mercats showed up. So. Uh, we then cut to a scene of Brunschweig talking with Murkatz. Uh, Murkatz is kind of upset that he has to fight Reinhardt, but Brunschweig is like, listen, they are trying to you know, overthrow the traditional order of the nobles governing everything, and you have to fight for the, you know, the Goldbloom dynasty and all that. Uh, Murkatz doesn't seem to particularly like Brunschweig all that much. Um, he se- always seems to have a
1: mildly annoyed face, I've noticed. Yeah. Maybe it's a mustache.
2: Brunschweig gathers uh, Merkatz and some other admirals that are around. Um, they're saying how much, e- much easier it would be to restore order and all that if Reinhardt was taken out of the picture. Um, as they leave the meeting, they're kind of musing over the fact that although Brunschweig didn't really go say it, he kind of said, you know, can some can no one rid me of this meddling priest sort of thing? So they plan to just go and assassinate Reinhardt. Um, so there's a scene of a bunch of troops running down a street. Uh, to the house, which I presume Reinhardt was chilling in, and uh it looks like that Reinhardt knew they were coming and had way more troops, and so they all run the fuck away and it 's uh, pretty comical <laughs> but uh during this, Reinhardt decides that uh, he is going to then uh since you know brunchwig 's already moving he says well i 'm just going to have to take control of everything now ...to you know preserve order and there's a scene of him and all of his admirals going to all the different institutions of government and just taking control of everything.
0: Yeah, they basically do just very tightly coordinated and well targeted like uh just like strike maneuvers basically, just like really like blitzes on specific buildings and like one of them is it's like yeah, you know, this is the the Senate building basically and they just like took that over.
2: Yeah. And then during, while this is all happening, um, a lot of the nobles on the planet, Odin, are deciding that this is probably not a good place to stick around. So they start trying to run because they have, you know, sided with Brunschweig and Lichtenstein, And um, he also takes over spaceports and starts capturing these fleeing nobles as they try to escape. Uh, Unfortunately, though, Brunschweig does get out get off the planet because i guess he he was the first the bail because he knew what the shit if he didn't assassinate it was yeah. gonna go down so he and the rest of the nobles that did escape go to a gaisberg i think it was called it's a uh, space station fortress kind of like Iselhorn, but not as pretty um reinhardt sees that they're escaping and decides that you know well we got to go after him and uh you know kill this quote rebel fleet and it's kind of amusing because they call them the same rebel fleet as they call the Free Planet Alliance, which was a joke. I do, I do really love the contrast
0: they paint over um, the last few episodes between the nobles who are the most cowardly cowards that have ever existed and will like turn tail and flee at the at the drop of a hat, you know. And there's occasional exceptions, obviously. Uh, and then like the commanders of some of the Empire's army, which have been you know, the kind of, like, when Yang had him just dead to rights and was like, hey, you can go. They're like, fuck you, I'm going. Like, <laughs> ah, no, nah, war. So, like, th- that is pretty nice to have the extremes of both ends on display, like, in the same setting. It kind of, like, helps give a depth and, a, like, a meter to go off of.
2: <laughs> like, how noble or idiot admiral motherfucker are they? It's some of the nobles, though, especially the ones with suicidal tendencies. Like, it doesn't... I don't know if they would consider them like, I mean, obviously they're not like cowards, but at the same time, it's like they're not really being practical. They seem blinded by their cause more than, it, yeah, you're yeah, right, true. it's like the opposite sides of the extreme. It's just that one of mm-hmm. them is more insane than yeah, the other. Yeah,
0: both of them are kind of doing dumb shit is the thing.
2: Yeah. It's just what var- <laughs> what variety of stupid shit you up to. <laughs> Uh, So episode 19 starts off with uh, Ryan saying that the plan he set in place with the Free Planet Alliance is about to start. And that's pretty much the only part of the Galactic Empire we see the entire episode. Oh, it's so good, too, because the way they
0: set up the fade is just like Kirky Ice and Ryan like talking about stuff. And I I can't remember who it was who just asked. He's like, oh, are you worried about FPA action in our territory at all? Like they could be intervening. And I think like Kirky Ice just leans over and he's like, oh, don't worry the FBA is up to some bullshit right now. And they like all <laughs> look at the camera, like in the office
2: and it fades. <laughs> I
1: wonder what Yang is up to right now. They actually look straight <sighs> up
2: and they crossfade through a star shot. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so we see uh Kubinski who I guess is a note. Who's the dude who took over Sydney's old job. Who's like the joint mm-hmm. operations chief, big Hadhancha guy. Um, He's walking around to headquarters, whatever, and Fork comes back from his medical leave and asks him to be on duty. And he's saying that uh, he needs, like, a doctor's note, and Fork gets all upset because Fork is kind of crazy. It, it, there's a big
0: defiance here of Fork being, you know, so dead set and so insistent on it. And the, you know, commander just basically saying... Um, you know, you're expecting me to go against order and go against protocol and give you ways around it when literally my entire job is to enforce protocol and make sure people don't go around yeah. it. Like, no, I will not do that, Fork. You need to go get checked by medical. And then he fucking shoots him. Yeah, Fork <laughs> does the
2: incredibly sane thing and reasonable thing of shooting the uh, supreme commander of the army. Uh, this, Which, honestly... I did like the way they set up, like, kind
0: of, a uh, like, like a fake out there, because the way they had, um, showing, like, Fork's, uh, rising, like, aggression, they used the same kind of zoom in and noise and, like, shaking that they did when he had his, like, Pass out from getting too mad earlier. Yeah, it looks like he thought he was just gonna pass out, and he's like grasping at his chest the same way. But then it turns out like no, he's not grasping at his chest. He's getting a fucking gun.
2: Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, man, pretty good. So uh,
0: Uh, that scene was incredible.
1: What is it? There was also two bodyguards with them, and I think didn't somebody say what the fuck are you bodyguards aren't doing your goddamn job? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So um. His assassination attempt starts off the coup d'état uprising thing that has been planned and kind of uh, funded or schemed by the Galactic Empire. Um, there are uprisings and riots on a number of planets. Um, it shows that Bucock is upset that he really can't do a whole lot with his position, even though he has like you know control of all the fleets and all that. He really can't stop the uprisings too much because one. It's hard to get fleets out there because he can't leave his planet. And two, he doesn't really know what's happening since it happened all co- so quickly. So we get a call or we get a cut to uh, Kalzu finally shows up on Islahorn. He roasts uh, Yang for a bit about being dirty and having a dirty room or whatever. But um, the main thing is here that Dawson, who is the fleet commander that's currently on Heineson, calls up Yang and tells him to use the forces at Islahorn to put down the riots on these assorted planets. Um mm-hmm yang talks about how he's going to put down the riots he says that he has a large the large force he has is able to you know divide and conquer the different forces on the planets and etc he believes the fortress he says you know people are asking well aren't the galactic empire going to come and take the fortress back but he's like you know they're all busy doing their civil war bullshit so no one's gonna you know take this over
0: the characters do pretty much look straight at the camera and say like oh don't worry this is a free pa- Planet Alliance episode. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a little ludicrous on occasion. It's like, oh, no, no,
2: this isn't a fighting
0: episode. You're good, my man.
2: <laughs> so uh, while they're discussing the, uh, while Yang is at Horn discussing with all those admirals how he's going to put down these riots, they see like a news bulletin or whatever come out, and it seems that Hi- Planet Hyacinth has also had a coup go on, um, this guy is on TV talking about how the Constitution has been suspended, the High Council has been disbanded, military law is now in effect, all this good stuff. And, and, and just to be clear, the High Council is like, uh, that's what um,
0: uh, the and Secretary of Defense, guys. like Trunet and yeah, the Low other Warhawks, yeah. yeah, all those folks, and they were the ones who got told to fuck off, which is, I don't know, honestly for me it was a little surprising because it seemed like Trunit was like getting ready to get it, and then he just... Yeah, yeah completely goofed it yeah, up. Yeah, was actually he fumbled in the in the end zone.
2: Your, it was funny hearing your reaction to that scene because during this broadcast they revealed that the leader of the coup forces on Heineson is actually uh Greenhorn, Admiral Greenhorn senior, who uh Frederick's mm-hmm. father. And it was interesting seeing your reaction because you were like, oh, it's got to be true in it the entire time, but um it wasn't him. And they actually reveal later that uh, Truna got the fuck out when the coup went down.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much like turning on a kitchen light and a cockroach scurrying under a fridge. Just like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, as soon as they said anything about the high council, I'm pretty sure he just was like, well, I gotta go. <laughs> like, even though I'm probably on their side, that does not matter when they are very all out with the military law and everything. Like, it doesn't matter that I supported them and would continue to support them all that matters is I am on the high council I am part of the you know like I'm part of the icon that was the old government they will just kill me <laughs> yeah
2: so after all this is revealed uh Frederica is very upset by all this she doesn't know why her father who had been a very dependable and you know reasonable guy would support the coup forces um she goes into Yang and kind of wonders if she's even gonna be still having a job or if she's gonna be put in the brig or something seeing how what happened to her father um Yang says that he still needs her because, uh, one, she's not her father, and two, uh, she's, I guess, a good assistant and has the keys to his liquor cabinet or something.
1: Yang just can't do anything on his own. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, she cheers up after she's here that she's still wanted by Yang. Um, Shokop shows up and has is kind of confused on what Yang's going to do about the whole situation. He asks Yang like, why he would go and save the Free Planet Alliance even though the old power structure of you know the high council was severely fucked up and they didn't do anything right
0: oh yeah don't forget too shenkop also uh when yang was talking to frederica uh he uh julian was on was outside right i think and like then shenkop just talked and was like if yang gets rid of her he's the he's the dumbest man alive you think he's gonna do it <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, doesn't, yeah talking just... about his back there
2: hmm like yeah. Shenkop
0: was just talking shit being like i think yang's a big idiot i think he's gonna fuck this one up and
2: julian's like i don't know man <laughs> he's like yang's so chill he doesn't even care mm-hmm. but yeah uh, Shenkop asked him like why he would go to save such a broken political system and like you saying that you know yang should just wait until the rebels clean house and then swoop on in and since he's you know this you know favorite it's like board yang, you know i think you'd be a pretty good dictator yeah he even like straight up says like you would do a good job in a position of government And uh, Yang asked him if he's told anyone about this, but Shenkop says no, and he told him to keep it to himself, like he was kind of upset that Shenkop would even suggest becoming you know, a political leader or a dictator like that. The other thing that's kind of interesting about these
1: sorts of scenes when Shenkop does this stuff is part of the time... I get kind of the vibe that he's just mostly curious and prodding at Yang. It's like he's kind of curious how he'll react to the suggestion. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, like Absolutely, it's, like
0: it's, guys, it's, guys it's, who just say yeah. shit
2: to provoke people and try to get a rise out of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like I mean, don't forget that there's been like a couple times, like the, the time at the meeting earlier, where Shenkop when someone was like talking about like, oh, these guys are known traitors, blah blah blah, and. He's just like, "Hey Yang, what do you think you'd do if uh, I stabbed you in the back?" And Yang's like, "I'd be pretty fucked, man." And he's like, "Good answer." Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shengkong
2: so, yeah, does yeah, not Shane- give any fucks about anything. So
0: yeah, he's, just, he's he also gets a lot of fucking wild eyes in these last few episodes we <laughs> yes, watched. Like he just starts He looks- fucking like hard stares at everything. Like his eyes
2: are incredibly open at all times. It's pretty pretty good. <laughs> So uh, we cut back to Heineson. Um, we have the coup d'etat council with Greenhill uh, at the helm uh, talking about what they're going to do about Yang because uh, they realize that Yang's, of course, going to come back and try to restore order. Uh, Greenhill tells a one of his vice-admirals, I guess it's uh, Laglu, Laglaju, um, that he has to go fight Yang. And the guy's like, well, uh, this is going to be interesting because... I mean, the guy's kind of gun ho about it, but he also knows that Yang is a really good commander, so he's kind of apprehensive. Mm-hmm. But um, they uh, they cut back to Yang telling the people uh, in his fleet that they're going to go to um, they're Well, they're going to go put down the riots at the other planets um, and eventually make their final destination be Hinesan to help there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalzu is in charge of the fortress while he's gone. Um, and then... There's a last shot of Greenhill senior at a gravestone who it's kind of implied that it was his wife um talking about how he want he, the only reason he joined the coup forces is because like he wanted to be a moderating force because he thought that all of these hot headed idiots would do stuff it would get out of line really badly, so he wanted to be like the voice of reason, yeah so, he wanted to be the person who prevented unnecessary death like he was
0: kind of doing a yang Wenli for yeah. the coup
2: forces, yeah and so yeah, I think a, it's
1: it's kind of like uh, Almost like with Mercats, how it's like one side is entirely batshit, but somebody hangs around to be the voice of reason and maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know,
2: try to control more things. more successfully than others. Yeah. <laughs> so um, episode, that's yeah. the end of that one. Episode 20 mm-hmm. it starts up. We're back on the Galactic Empire side
0: um uh, mm-hmm. brunschweig <laughs> is
2: chilling out in uh Geisberg fortress which is a lot like as a horn's a big kind of asteroid thingy with a bunch of lasers on it so they're pretty safe it, for uh, the notably does not have the liquid metal shield though mm-hmm.
0: so it looks like a weird orb with like protrusions all over like a like a puzzle cube you'd solve and pinhead would pop out like it's like a weird thing
2: yeah um so we get a scene of Brunswick talking to the admirals he has. Um, Brunswick wants to kill Reinhardt, of course, and go back and recapture Odin, which he's fled from. Murkatz says that this plan is fucking stupid, that they should just keep all their forces at Geisberg, otherwise they're just going to get destroyed by Ryan and his, you know, amazing admirals. There is a uh, vice-admiral, I think called Steyer, Steyer, something like that, um, who decides that, you know, fuck Ryan, I'm going to go take these ships and go kill him. Um... Merkatz, there's a scene afterwards of Merkatz talking to his assistant guy and the assistant guy was like why'd you let him go off? Get all our ships blown up and Merkatz is like, I don't give a fuck what happens to that guy, he's gotta you know, he he knows that even though the guy is probably going to die and lose a bunch of lives, it's a way of blunting the power that Brunschweig has so uh,
0: basically, nobles are idiots yeah. Part 120. <laughs> a story it told in many parts in Legend of the Galactic Heroes.
2: We uh, learn that this Steyer guy used to be a teacher, a professor at the Fleet Academy. And then Mittenmeyer was a student of his. So uh, Reinhardt, knowing this, says, you know, why not have a good you know, face off? He tells Mittenmeyer to go stop Steyer from, you know, coming and blowing everything up. So the next this major part of this episode is the battle between them. Um, it starts as a standoff of sorts between the two. Uh, though Steyr is in charge of the fleets, he has a bunch of nobles kind of acting under him as his vice-admirals. And uh, Steyr knows that it's a good to play the waiting game in this situation, but the nobles obviously are getting all hot-headed and cocky, so they kind of uh, force him into moving. And um, I have the note here, nobles dying real fast. Because uh, the instant they stop doing the stalemate sort of situation, yeah. Meyer just rolls uh, over them. Like, they basically peer pressure him to walk into,
0: like, a, a wall of spikes. A bad situation, yeah. Yeah, like, or actually, it's like a literal minefield. Like, they're literally guilting him into going into a minefield. Like, he's like, we should probably wait this out, see what happens, observe a little bit. They're like fuck that, your ancestors would have kicked their asses. And it's like, all right, man, fine, I guess we'll go. In. And then, yeah, just the mines, the lasers, the whole thing. Yeah, so
2: most of the nobles in that fleet die. Uh, Steyer retreats to a, another fortress. This one just kind of looks like a straight-up asteroid, but it's like a Rentenberg fortress or something like that. Um, Reinhardt wants to capture the fortress and the fleet, if possible. So they attract... they. they uh, uh, Reinhardt and his forces, I think, uh, uh, what is his name? God damn, I can't remember.
0: Is it Ruenthal? Yeah, Ruenthal, that's it. Ruenthal? Yeah, okay.
2: He joins up with Mitt Meyer and they start trying to capture the fortress. Um, they land ground mm-hmm. troops, but I guess there is this crazy commander there named uh, Ovalson. Ovalson. Right. sorry. Thanks for correcting me. Ovalson yeah, no is, yeah, uh,
1: we're just gonna spell like a dinosaur name. Ovalson. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going is based off like,
0: of your. I'm also going off your notes for the record, so, like, if yeah. you misspelled it, and it's not Ovlessor, or, like, Ovlessor, or, like, Let me look at the Ove picture em, I, took I don't of this know. Guy.
2: Yeah. Ovlessor, yeah, yeah, you're right. Ove uh, Lester, so, okay. Ovlessor is kind of an idiot, but he's also an amazing, like, hand-to-hand fighter, and this guy, like, there's scenes of him just ripping dudes up with axes.
0: <laughs> All axes, by the way. It's, oh. like, axes in weird light space battle armor. Yeah. It, imagine... Imagine just a master chief in a field of grunts. This man is just a giant with an axe who does not give a shit and loves killing. Like, he is a fucking wild man. They yeah. they literally show, like, I don't even know how many people they show him kill. There's got to be at least 10 it <laughs> There's got to be at
1: least ten. That's the thing. We're in the, we're in the far future fighting in space, and there's a dude who's a high admiral because he is so good at killing people with an axe. <laughs> I mean, this dude is I mean, he probably went to his much...
2: promotion ceremony is like, we're going to make you an admiral, and he just kind of yeah. stared at the dude. It's like, oh, hi, like, admiral. He's like, is this the 100-man
0: kumite? <laughs>
2: so, Oblesser, you
1: killed 50 people. That's got to be a typo. Mm, yes, that is a typo. It was actually twice as many as that.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mittenmeyer and, and Thal are kind of... I
0: was filing separate reports <laughs> for my left and right arm. Is that not what I'm supposed to do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mitt and doll are kind of upset that they're just throwing troops at this guy and they talk to Reinhardt about it it's like listen can we just blow this fucker up and Reinhardt and Reinhard is kind of cool with it but Oberstein's like listen I got a plan for this dude you got to capture him li- alive and I guess is during this entire conversation Olasor just kind of direct calls Reinhardt on the monitor and taunts him and so Reinhardt fucking loses it and tells Mitt and, My and Ruth all they gotta get in there Yeah, like, <laughs> he brings
1: up his sister he's like oh
2: it's like We're getting a call from what? Like, I don't know,
0: just some random guy from a random (laughs) camera in like a ventilation duct. How the fuck is he calling it? Patch him in. He's just like fuck you <laughs> I love that cuz he's just screaming guys I'm out of meat. Oblesser
1: is just in a hallway and he's pretty much screaming at a ceiling and it happens to be <laughs> near a camera. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's just like fuck you. Your sister got you where you are and then Reinhardt's like you broke my sister, motherfucker. Bring him here
2: alive. <laughs> Yeah, so Mitt and, and Runethal put on their battle armor because they obviously gotta go down and deal with this situation themselves. And this is probably one of the funniest scenes in the show, like <laughs> it shows him in the hallway, because like, I guess there's this one hallway that goes to the middle of the fortress, and there's like a pile of fucking dead bodies next to him. It's like comically large. And so it shows a picture of him and it cuts over to Mittmeyer and Runethal, and they're like starting to taunt him and whatnot. And so he charges at them like the crazy idiot he is, and he just falls in a fucking hole. Like, I guess they dug a hole, a pit trap, and he just falls in it. So, Mitmeyer and yeah, Thal want to kill this fucker because they're really pissed off at him because they lost, like, half their troops or some silly thing. Uh, like, says yeah, he he killed,
0: like, a hundred guys. Like, it- he just was a murder machine, him and his- and his troops, but mostly him. Yeah.
1: I think most of his, tro- most of his troops were all dead by that point. It was just him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be noted that after they captured him, the fortress fell pretty easily. But, um, Oh wait, that is right there. They,
1: all of his men weren't dead at this point.
2: Yeah. But after he got captured, they all surrendered or died. So
1: yeah, that's, that's something for later. Though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, Rubenthal and Meyer want to kill him. Overstein says, no, they got a better idea. They bring them to overseen. Um, Oberstein gives him the option of joining with uh, Reinhardt or leaving just letting him go and obviously he does says fuck Reinhardt because he hates Reinhardt so he leaves. Um, He goes back to Brunschweig Brunschweig suspects him of being a traitor since he was the only one to live out of like everybody on the fortress and Mm -hmm. seeing how uh, uh, seeing how Ovasaur is kind of an idiot and doesn't realize what's going on he starts yelling at Brunschweig and Brunschweig Get scared and tell all of his troops to kill him, yeah, yeah he starts so. acting
0: like you know they, they start pointing fingers at each other wildly and like making a bunch of dumb claims at each other and um yeah yes. it's like they were about to kill,
1: or rather they had Ovelister all tied up like they were about to kill him, and they release him, and he's like, The fuck is this, and I think it was Oberstein. I said, Oh well, you did such a good job killing that we decided to let you go so that Reinhardt would have the honor of fighting you on the battlefield later. And Ophlasaur just totally believes that, goes back, to, and then Brunschwag's like, the fuck? What are you doing here?
0: Ophlasaur literally falls for the Goku. <laughs> he literally <laughs> they've, they've, they've even, falls for the false Goku. They mentioned the fake that Goku. <laughs> all,
1: of his, all of his men were captured and put to death. And then he comes back <laughs> alive. That was the big thing. It's not like, oh, your yeah. men were captured. It's like, no, they were all killed and captured, and you're back here mm-hmm. on your own. That's kind of suspicious, buddy.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so he gets a gun to the side of his head and his brain's mm-hmm. blown out. Pretty graphically. A,
1: a nice slow-mo shot. Literally yeah. a shot. It's
2: huh? it's very violent, yeah. And I guess the entire reason Oberstein did this is because after uh Oblastor dies, like all the nobles and brunchflake included, are kind of upset by it. They, uh, they realized they just kind of murdered this guy whose only crime was being a fucking idiot. Um, it was and, being mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was getting
0: too riled up about someone calling him a traitor. Like, that was it. And yeah, so it kind of... They realize they are kind of an unruly mob. Like, yeah. they, they're not really the it well-oiled really the machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of don't actually know
2: what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So that's the end of uh, twenty. Episode 21 starts out with uh, Yang's fleet going around and pacifying all these uprisings on these planets that were mentioned earlier. It shows Mm -hmm. uh, some shots of Shenkop riding around on top of a tank looking like a badass and then smooching up the locals. The god mm-hmm. and getting <laughs> smooched hearts. up by the locals and getting his clothes
0: smooched up yeah, by the locals scene pretty
2: of, extensively. There's a scene <laughs> of him later talking to Yang, and like his he's got these like guerrilla army fatigues on, and like there's just lipstick all over
0: it. Just <laughs> all over. Oh god.
2: So, um, Shen what a guy! He's a great what a dude. Fucking guy. So, um, while he's having all these things, uh, beating with Shen and pacifying these planets, the, a ship shows up, uh, piloted by an admiral named Bogdashu. Um, Bogdashu says that he used to be part of the force that was going to fight Yang from the coup forces, but he is kind of flipped over to Yang's side because he doesn't like the coup forces or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. He gives them some information like for example, that none of the uh, that a lot of like the high admirals and a lot of the uh, politicians on Heinesen have uh, been captured but have not yet been killed, so they 're just kind of waiting. Um, while Gaines talking to this dude, Shane Copp and Frederica both think that Bogdash is spying because Frederica knew him in the past and knew that he kind of hated the political system over there in the beginning anyway, so they think well, he's part of the two forces. And he
0: worked with the spies, right? Like, that was another yeah, thing, he, like he worked spy, in the spy
2: division. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Bog, Bogdash himself, there's no real attempt by the anime to make him look trustworthy or make this appear out of nowhere. He looks very shifty. <laughs>
2: yeah. hmm so shankop realizes that uh, they need to kind of put this guy someplace where he can't do any harm so i guess boggs should want to take a nap in one of the sleep pods and Shenkop just kind of locks him in there for 20 hours or something Shenkop <laughs> yeah. just says he's like i may have accidentally bumped the dial on his sleep bed <laughs> like, he's like
0: oh shit i might have turned that like 20 minute nap into like a two-day nap that's fucking that sucks man oh well yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be stiff <laughs> two tomorrows from now
2: man Shen so, <laughs> having taken care of bagdashu uh yang's uh, fleet versus the coup forces they start their fight uh yang goes into it knowing that he really doesn't want to kill people who are technically on his side even though they're fighting them so he's kind of stalling and trying to tire out the other fleet um mm. during this he asks them multiple times to surrender but they refuse of course every single time um the, one of the guys on the opposite side... It, uh, so, the fight goes on for a while. Um, after a long time, it's pretty obvious that Yang is going to crush the coup forces. Um, the, fleet, yeah. the fleet commander, who was the leader of the other side, uh, Wagden Liu, uh calls up Yang and says that uh, he's not going to surrender and just shoots himself. He Bud Dwyer's, like, right on air. Uh, the rest of their feet kind of refuses to surrender, and pretty much it's Yang wiping the floor of all these free planet Alliance people.
0: They'll like salute when he shoots himself too, like all of his crew. Like it is very ceremonial in a way that's like a little sickening to watch. Right. Like it's like these people have just bought so deeply into this horrible mindset that they're willing to celebrate that. Yeah. They kind of
2: bring up like some, (laughs) it's that they're, so dissatisfied with the way the government was going before like they, their hearts are in the right place but their mind isn't like they they mm-hmm. wanted to change the political system in a way for the better and they thought that by doing a coup this would be the greatest way to do that but they really they didn't think about were what thinking
0: they were the ends would justify the means yeah, exactly. and when you compare that versus yang's thoughts of like you know some people value human life above all other things and some people think there are other things worth more you know that kind of concept yeah. when it clashes against this other mindset of just like the ends will justify the means yeah
2: so that's 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 like the real confrontation <laughs> one yeah. of many in this show yeah. so back on heinous uh the coup forces have learned that their fleet has just got blown the fuck up uh, and they're in disarray about this While this is happening, a lot of the citizens have realized that the coup forces don't have their shit together and start protesting. Um, The protests are led by the anti-war faction, who is led by Jessica.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Jessica is, guess, having this peace rally in a stadium, and there's, like, thousands and thousands of people there, you know, protesting. Uh, The coup forces think that this is a bad idea because if the anti-war group gets too much, you know, political power behind them, they could re-get overthrown or the coup could get wiped out so they send a bunch yeah, of forces yeah. to tell her to stop Coup-couped, as it's double coup yeah yeah coup coup two the coup
0: quickening two. coup <laughs> two how the coup day. got its groove back <laughs>
1: when you when you end it it's called the coup de grace of course mm.
0: the coup d'etat coup de grace <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can dig
1: it the coup the coup d'etat forces <laughs> oh god throwbacks <laughs>
2: Anyway, so uh, they send a bunch of <laughs> troops to the stadium to tell Jessica to stop all this. Uh, Jessica does the whole thing and is like, why? We were just peacefully protesting. There's nothing going on here. The coup forces uh, decide to be a great idea to round up ten people and start to ask them if they're really pacifists by holding guns to their head while asking. Um, these are just random people they happen to find, and of course they all grovel and cower because they don't want to die
1: yeah for some reason the guy who went over here Gr- green hill said do not do anything violent and of course the first thing this guy does is grabs a bunch of innocents and starts pistol whipping them
0: yeah they're yeah. a bunch of power fantasy dipshits yeah letting it run away from them yeah they're a bunch of fucking kids that are high on power and trying to act like big men yeah fuck them so uh, i'm not a fan of these characters oh, so yeah. it, may,
2: it may be yeah. unclear just to be sure everyone knows what side i'm on <laughs> uh jessica's getting all upset about this of course uh, telling them that what they're doing is wrong and that they're acting exactly like the fascists that they're trying to overthrow in the galactic empire uh and one thing they touch on like really really
0: directly that i really that i really liked and i think it was pretty important was uh the coup d'etat leader just bringing up directly like how are you supposed to keep peace without force? Like what you know, what doesn't control force? Or like, you know, the only way to control force is with more force, that kinda of ideal. And yeah, he yeah. starts like waving the gun around and he's like, Look, I have the force. Who's gonna anyone gonna say shit? No. Yeah, he was okay, directly okay, attacking cool.
2: her pacifist uh stances because like there's nothing she could do being you know, a pacifist with this guy who has a gun, so mm anyway um they're beating up jessica and a guy steps in to try to stop this and then yeah, just a full fucking riot breaks out um the guards from the coup forces are just shooting everybody the people in the stands are either running or throwing shit back at the coup forces fires start um just a huge everybody's ed like Jessica's some
0: dudes died. out front have molotov cocktails yeah, ready and
2: set up in like
0: Two minutes. Like, yeah, they're, they're somebody, fast about that. yeah, somebody went to the peace rally and was like, all right, I'm going to the peace rally, but I know some shit's going to start. <laughs> dude, like, dude,
1: you want to bring some mollies?
0: He's like, all right, yeah, absolutely, dude. Just bring like three half full
2: bottles of vodka. Wait, wait, we'll slam all about? of them. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Jessica's dead. Uh, they say that, like, 1,500 of the coup soldiers or forces are dead. Ten times more of that civilians are dead. It's a huge fuck-up on all parts. Massive,
0: um, yeah, it is. So the civilians have no faith in the military or the coup forces anymore, which is... So, again, Jessica, much like her kind of mentor, the guy who was originally, you know, the head of it, has been
2: a martyr
0: for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cause
2: of anti-war pretty much, it'd be hard to argue that it isn't just, but
0: yeah, I mean that, I just don't know if that's how it's going to end up playing out. Like if that's True. how her death will end up working in the cogs of the grand machine of this political horses bulls shit.
2: Yeah. So back, uh, over to Yang, who's, uh, still with his fleet going towards Heinison. Um, Bagdashu is taken, woken up from his three-day nap. Um, he's asking uh, Yang and Bagdushu have a talk about whether or not he was pl- actually planning on killing Yang. But uh, Yang can kind of read him and sees that he's a kind of dude who will side with whoever they think is going to win. And when mm-hmm. Bagdashu was not able to assassinate him earlier, he kind of realized that Yang is going to win, seeing how he wiped out all of the coup forces. So Yang kind of blazantly accepts that Bogdashu is now working for him and gives him his gun. Bogdashu kind of uh, looks at this and points at him, jokingly saying, why would you do this? You're an idiot. And then we realize that Julian is behind him with a gun too, so this is kind of a test of what Bogdashu is doing, and of course he immediately starts cowering and groveling towards Julian, who wants to just straight Mm -hmm. up shoot this guy, which is funny because Julian's like 15 years old and doesn't really know anything else just wants to murder him. Yeah.
1: I seriously wonder if Yang even saw or thought about Julian having the gun. Just figured I, don't it. So. I don't think was so. I don't think
0: so. I think it was like, it, it seems like Julian, because it, it happened a few times. Because it happened earlier where Julian was just like standing outside of Yang's office, like waiting for him to finish up. Because it seems like Julian just kind of hangs out with Yang yeah. unless there's actual business that needs to be attended to. Especially because, you know, he's a young kid in the military. Well, yeah, so it's not like he has. Whatever. That's his job. Yeah, he doesn't have some grand function. So uh, it would make sense that he would just be sitting outside the door with his gun, and yeah. then just as soon as he heard, you know, like here I'll have your gun, and then just heard, you know, the slide go gun. back, and like what do you do? And Julian just fucking like action rolls into the room. They've <laughs> met early. That Julian cop.
2: is a far better shot than Yang ever would be. So yeah, I'd yeah, I like that like early that.
1: comment that Shen cop had a few episodes ago, just in passing. Hey, he's pretty good with a gun, better than you are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I feel that Yang's the type of person that wouldn't know even how to hold the gun properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, as Yang slides his gun across the desk to uh,
0: Bogdashu, he's just like, hey, I can't hit a damn thing with this anyway, man. you better use of it than I I don't even, know, I don't don't even know where the
1: business end of this fucking thing is. Here you go. <laughs> he's like,
0: I don't know even where you load in the bullets. Is that what they're called? Bullets. Are <laughs> we not hand bullets is.
1: anymore or are they batteries? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Do we get those at the Walgreens? Or like <laughs> Yang doesn't know any watch, hundreds of war documentaries somehow just cannot retain information about firearms.
2: <laughs> So after Shu leaves, the last scene of the episode is Yang getting the news of the riots that have been happening on Hinesan, and I think it was uh, Frederica who gives him the news that Jessica is now dead, and he just kind of shuts down. He doesn't say he says anything, nothing. he just stares, yeah. He just he, Yeah, he just stares
0: forward, it starts zooming out, and uh, the narrator just straight up says he's like, yep, everyone says Yang Wenli. When he heard the Jessica died, said nothing, did nothing, just was Yeah, and
2: was it does nothing. like the slow fade out <laughs> while zooming out sort of deal. So he's kind of devastated by that. Yeah. Uh, the last episode of 22, um, we open up to Kilkeyes. So during Reinhardt with Mitt, Meyer, and all, all trying to break Brunschweig's forces, Ice is going around kind of pacifying the surrounding areas that Brunschweig has been influencing I guess you could say Uh, I don't know if there's any Mm -hmm. actual military force around but he's just making sure that you know everybody knows that Reinhardt owns this shit um we get a quick scene of again uh the it was a couple episodes back there is a scene of some civilian transport pilots um flying around we see these guys again again the only reason I mention this is because they're important later in the story their names are Boris and Marinsky I think anyway uh they see uh, Kilkeyes gives them some supplies or something, and they're kind of neutral about throwing their politicals to any side. But we go back to a scene of Rutenthal versus Merkatz. Um, I guess their fleets are, have been clashing and Rutenthal, knowing that he doesn't, one, want to have a straight-out fistfight with Murkatz, and two, he's supposed to be waiting on Reinhardt's, the rest of the fleet and stuff, he withdraws. Reinhardt wants to ignore where Murkatz is at, because is still lurking around with his fleet someplace, and he's more focused on getting to Geisberg Fortress and just taking over and killing Brunschweig.
0: And doesn't
2: Reinhardt doesn't just straight-up say, at one point, he's like... Well, Kirk, yes, looks like Grunthal
0: is dumping his work off on me again. Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> just kind of like looks back and like has like a cheeky laugh, or I think it was to Machiavelli and Garfield, but yeah, he's just like, "Well, looks like Big Boy Pants got to go on again, and uh, Big Daddy Ryan got to
2: go make the donuts." <laughs> <laughs> so Murkatz returns the Brunchweg. Um, Brunchweg congratulates him, but Murkatz is like, "You know, well, he didn't really do anything. He just left." And then he realizes, uh, or th- he's out, uh, realizes that some of the other uh, commanders, Lichenheim, along with some other dudes, have taken the rest of his forces, the rest of Brunschweig's forces, out to go fight Kirkyais. Um He is upset by this because, again, his whole strategy is you should keep all these fleets here to protect the base we're at, as opposed to just getting destroyed by these admirals who are way better than you. But. Um, mm-hmm. So Lichtenheim, who was the actual fleet admiral, but no match for Kirky Ice, uh, they fight. Kirkyais uh, straight up just destroys his shit with like 800 ships. He just like makes a joke of all of it. It was like 800 versus like 20,000 or something,
0: right? Like yeah. it was he
2: overwhelming. Just, yeah, he just destroys and makes fun of this dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lichtenheim runs like a bitch. He like leaves his fleet and he like leaves the field of battle to save his own ass. Um while this is happening we get a shot of uh one of the I guess, I guess just some enlisted dude or some lieutenant or something that's on part of Littenheim's fleet a guy named Conrad he gets his arm blown off ow and then uh we see like another like a 15 year old kid like showing up to try to give him medical treatment and their names are both Conrads so they kind of have a bonding moment over it you'd say they're comrades <laughs> the, the reason this is important is cuz these two guys meet with Kirky Ice um says like hey your commander left the fleet of ba- uh, the field of battle without you you got your arm blown off uh it looks like you guys don't really like your commanders you should go you know back hey, wanna to come do some propaganda in the back
0: like we have a couple photos we could just do an interview yeah maybe a commercial wants to go back. or two
2: yeah he wants them to go yeah. back to the uh, uh Brunswick's forces to pretty much spread the scent and mutiny but uh, they don't have to because we see a scene of some other military dude that was part of his forces. He just goes and straight up suicide bombs in line. So, yeah, the uh,
1: whole the whole cut to that was pretty much, if I remember right, the armless dude was sort of like, "Well, maybe I won't have we won't have to do anything like that." And they like look at the fortress, and then it smash cuts over to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> kind of an interesting. Yeah, the
2: scene is funny because Littenheim is getting completely fucking plastered. Uh, He's drinking a lot. Mm, Yeah. It's like he drops his glass, just goes fuck it and starts drinking out of the bottle. Well, because he's like,
0: it's not, to be fair, it's not just like he's like a a lush at this point. Like, it's not he's drinking to party and being like, woo, good times. It's like he's, he's shaking because he knows he's going to die. Yeah. And also is trying to ease his nerves by drinking and yeah he just like can't even hold the glass because he's shaking so hard and he just dumps it all over the floor
2: yeah so some of uh some guards come in with one of the dudes uh a guy who was out during the fleet within the get- fleet guy kind of saying oh was supposed to have information or something and Lentenheim shows up and he just suicide bombs him and uh Ice was able to take over the fortress they were hiding at pretty easily once uh, half of it's blown up so so we get a scene of um, Reinhardt is throwing sh- shade at Brunschweig and the nobles. He's talking about how they're, you know, I don't know if he was talking to them directly. I forgot. But uh, he's obviously saying that they're falling apart pretty much. Uh, and aside from. Br- yeah, Goss, they're they incompetent.
0: They can't hold it together. They have no idea how to run anything. Oh yeah, that's, like, that's yeah, the scene they,
2: was he was talking directly to Brunschweig, asking them to, like, Brunschweig and all those nobles to surrender. And mm-hmm. there's a scene of a whole bunch of these nobles, which I have the inf- I have the note here. Important info: Nobles love bull cuts because they all had fucking. There's bowl like cuts. forty mm-hmm. bull cut ass motherfuckers. Yeah, it does not. It's not a good look. Yeah. And, it know. must be really hard for the nobility to find barbers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So there, all these nobles are with Brunschweig in like the, his throne room or whatever. They have just seen Reinhardt talking to them about how they should surrender. Brunschwig wants Merkatz to go out and fight. Um, Mercat says, "One, that's a terrible idea because we lost most of our fleet earlier. Two, I'm not gonna go get myself killed. Fuck you. Do fight it yourself." So Flegel and a bunch of other of uh, these uh, noble idiots take off some more ships to go uh, chase down Reinhardt. They find Mittmeyer chilling outside with his fleet. Mittmeyer kind of uh, leads them on and like retreats and pretends like he's losing. Yeah, like he. Yeah, he just backs them up and acts like
1: he's fleeing. Yeah. I'm guessing he probably had like empty ships or something for him to blow up because they, <laughs> they blew up a few of them. And I'm sort of like, I really hope those were empty or something.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he just like kind of acts like they're no big deal, backs up a little bit. And, you know, also because he knows the main fleet is coming. That's part of his role right now. Right, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is so what happens from, as, yeah. as
2: uh, Mittenmeyer is retreating and all this? Uh, everybody at the fortress is like, "Oh, yeah, they're killing Mittenmeyer. Let's all get in our ships and help them." So pretty much everybody, all the nobles, Brunswick included, getting their ships and start chasing Mittenmeyer around.
1: Yeah, it, and what is it? Um, he also tells Murkats to just stay back. Yeah, he tells like them to stay. You just stay home. You just stay here.
2: Yeah, he's like because. Brunswig wants the glory, and he wants to show these nobles he knows what he's doing and all that. Yeah, at
1: this point, the nobles are like, we don't need a fucking veteran who knows how to fight wars. We're doing great.
2: Yeah, so they launch their entire fleet. Chronically chasing. doing great. The mm-hmm. noble story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Flegel and Brunschweig are full of themselves. Mittmeyer draws them out. Of course, Reinhardt and the rest of his admirals spring the trap. Uh, a whole bunch of nobles start getting the fuck blown out of them. Uh, there's a couple of people who are of note. Um, first off, one of the admirals is called Fahrenheit. I believe, uh, he sees all this shit going down. It's like, cause he's towards the back of the fleet and decides to just flee, get out of there. Um, hmm. I don't know. And if this was- is like,
0: this is a really big, uh, again, a contrast moment of like the type of effectiveness that Ryan has versus the type of effectiveness Yang has. Cause Yang is more of a, you know, again, conserving life above all else. Whereas like, it seems like Reinhardt's team is not concerned with covering their hands in blood. They don't care no, if like they have to do it. Surgically
2: precision striking these idiots, but, Like, they don't. Care yeah, at all. but
0: they're not going to do more than they need to. Like they're not going to go get into you know uh, just grinder fights that just wear down both sides for no reason at all. Like they'll yeah. avoid
2: those. So, uh, right when it seems that uh, Brunschweig is going to get his ass kicked and all that, uh, Murkatz shows up seeing that everybody is getting their ass killed and protects them as they are able to escape and they retreat back to the fortress. And it's funny because Brunschweig himself yells at Murkatz for not saving them quicker, even though he told him to chill out the fortress. <laughs> which shows the kind of person we're dealing with on this side, so that's pretty much the end of that the episode ends with Reinhardt and his fleet surrounding their fortress and it's pretty much going to be resolved by next episode so yeah
1: the narrator closed it out by saying this is where the tragedy
0: starts
2: or something <laughs> yeah, like that yeah it's no! like the war is about to end but the tragedy <laughs> is only beginning <laughs>
0: If you thought this shit was about to be wrapped up, no, dog. It's about <laughs> to get mad worse. Like, don't you worry, friends. It's... There's plenty of room. Machiavellian Garfield is just a ticking time bomb waiting to go off, and you know that episode's going to be a zinger of a ding. Like, holy moly. No, I just, I get that. I get that feeling about Machiavelli and Garfield of just, like, he's too good. He's too good at everything. And also, he's already been shown to be an easily, like, angered man. Because he's just, like, Kirky Ice getting the <laughs> ear over him is enough to make him be, like, man, fuck that guy. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got money on Machiavellian and Garfield getting into some mm-hmm. bullshit. Yep. Just a guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. Garfield's pretty content to take it easy. Politics sounds like a lot of work.
0: That's it, right? That's the episodes that we've watched for this week. Mm-hmm. Damn, uh, I can't believe! Wow, it's, I can't believe it's been an hour. That was that was really good. That was really br- fun one. Uh, so next week will be twenty three to twenty seven. Yeah, and uh, yo, before we head out for the night. Wanted to uh, throw out uh, thank you to the people who have done a few reviews for us on on iTunes uh, and I know there was uh, Tonk, Tonkman's uh, and Item Duper which thank you for referring to myself and Kuvo as party babies I appreciate <laughs> it um, <laughs> but uh, yeah thanks y'all and if you uh, did enjoy it feel free to you know take a sec and just write a review it can literally just be <laughs> trust me because that's what one of them is and I still support it. Uh, if you've written us a review on, like, Google Play, and um, uh, what was the one that I got a notification for, but I couldn't figure out how to find the review? Podbean, maybe? But I still appreciate it. I can't
2: necessarily
0: read it, because I'm
2: kind of dumb. A good bean so, review. Do <laughs> we have one yet?
0: Yeah, and if uh, if you aren't already following, uh, at pod underscore gh, like, you super should. Uh, and if you aren't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. Super appreciate it. Et cetera, et cetera branding theme song theme song sure you know if you have like a really good classical piece just email it to to me online uh or dm it or something i don't know if you allow me to use it probably will <laughs> well till next week face anime